0: While everyone uh, wraps up in the room, I want to say welcome to those who are listening on the podcast as well. Good to have you with us for uh, this is week four of our series on life and faith. As everyone else wraps up that conversation, uh, we've just been discussing a time we had to have faith, as that's our topic for today. Let me pray briefly as we as we start today lord may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you this morning we just commit this time as we open up parts of your word and as we reflect on what it means to trust in you we pray you would speak to us in jesus name amen I want to tell you a, a bit of a story going back to 2013. Uh, it was actually, I think, it was seven years this week that uh, I was I was ordained uh, as a pastor, a minister, and uh, began in placement here at the at the Billabong. Um, I was, uh, for those of you who are around, uh, you remember I was one of two ministers who are full time here, along with Mark Ellingworth, who was the founding pastor of this church. And um, it was good. I was uh, it was good from my perspective uh, that I was able to be here. Um, there was only one problem, uh, and some of you were particularly aware of this, as were Mark and Deb. That was that I was single, um, and so for some of you, and I know for Mark and Deb, uh, any female between the ages of 20 and 30-ish, uh, with two legs and a smile, was a candidate for a potential future wife for me. And sure enough, there was um, someone who fit that description. Her name was Karen Watts at the time. And, um, and everyone thought, yep, this is a match to be. And uh, the, the new pastor will have a wife soon. And unfortunately, I was blissfully unaware that this was a possibility. And um, even after Karen uh, was gone forever, because she was from America, she was gone. Uh, she had traveled over east to do things over east, was never coming back to Perth. Uh, met up with her in Melbourne because of some conference I ended up at. And uh, we met up and we talked, and as she was about to get back on the bus and I was about to get back on the plane, I said, uh, you know those, those rumors that, that, that uh, some billabongers have been spreading about you and I being a couple, I'm not interested, I just need you to know that's not the case. Little did I know that that's not how she felt and then she let me know that I did I was interested and then I reconsidered anyway, the rest is history And on the 19th of December, 2013 we started we started dating and uh, and, and I for me that, that was a, a serious thing, not just a, oh we'll, we'll see how this goes, but that was a uh, you know, there is the serious potential that this could be a long-term relationship and the rest is history. We've been married for six and a half years and have two kids. Um, and at that point where, certainly within those first few weeks of, of, of being a couple, I guess, um, it was this sense of something new has begun. The old life of, of me being single is, and is, is kind of behind now and there's this new life together which has started, um, and I was pretty sure that, that what was ahead of us would be exciting, it would be scary, but it would be fulfilling, a new new life ahead. Becoming a Christian is a very similar kind of exciting adventure and, and a brand new kind of life. Um, the Apostle Paul, writing to uh, Christians in Corinth, letter to the Corinthians, says that those who become Christians become new persons uh, they're not the same anymore the old life is gone a new life has begun so what then makes someone a christian good question to ask is it believing in god if you believe in god well actually there's lots of people who would say they believe in god um, but they wouldn't say I'm a, I'm a christian so it's not that Is it doing Christian things, nice things, good things, moral things? Well, there's lots of atheists who do nice, good things as well that some would say are Christian things, but that that doesn't mean they're Christian. Uh, You can be born in a Christian country, um, whatever that might mean, but again, that doesn't make you a Christian any more than being born in McDonald's makes you a hamburger. Um, A Christian is literally a Christian. Uh, it's somebody who, puts, who follows Jesus, who puts their faith in Jesus. That word, faith, is a big word. Not in length, but it's in its meaning and its uh, implications. It's a, it's a big word. Have a listen to what a few people say about uh, what is faith. What is faith for me? Um... Faith.
1: Faith, I think, is a combination of confidence and peace. Yeah. Faith. Um, sorry. Not again. <laughs> These are really good questions. Trust. Um, yeah, well, I'm confirmed, is. if that helps. You. I am CNE Anglican, which means I go to church for my grand on Christmas and Easter. Believing without seeing.
0: He also has faith in me that their next step after this interview will in be food.
1: food yeah. I don't think faith has to do with religion.
0: know I don't know how to describe faith.
1: It is believing in something that even if you haven't seen it yourself something that gets you through
0: the day. There's a few answers to what some people think faith is. Uh, My experience of putting my faith in Christ may well probably does look quite different to what your experience has been or what your experience might be one day. Uh, For me it was uh, an evening After a youth group meeting uh, in 2003, it was uh, in my my nan and pop's guest bedroom, because I was staying there that night, and uh, I can remember asking on that night uh, for Jesus to truly be the Lord of my life, and um, nothing dramatic happened. Uh, I, I just look back at that moment now, along with a couple of others, There's a really definitive moment where I put my faith in Jesus. Some of you couldn't say exactly when or how that happened for you. Um, C.S. Lewis uh, says it this way. He uses this analogy that if you're on a train from Paris to Berlin, uh, some people are awake and they know the exact moment when you cross the border from, uh, from one country to the other. Um, or from one city to the other. Uh, Other people might have been asleep on the train, so they don't know when exactly it happened. What's important is that they now know they're in Berlin. Uh, and, And what matters in terms of faith is that you now know you're a Christian if that's what you would like, not exactly when it happened necessarily. And what the New Testament says is that we can know for sure and that it's important to know for sure. It's put like this in John's Gospel. To all who received Jesus, to those who believed in his name, i.e. had faith in him, he gave the right to become children of God. He gave the right to become children of God, all those who believed in his name. John's saying that it's like the closest, it is the closest possible intimate relationship. Of Love. It's, it's like a parent and a child. It's, it, in other passages in the Bible, there's the analogy of such a close friendship or, or a husband and wife, that analogy of what our relationship with God can be like. Imagine for a second, if you asked me, Luke, are you married to Karen? And my response was, oh, yeah, well, I think so. Like I go to her house and stuff, but it's sort of like um, I'm still exploring. You'd probably slap me, and that would be if she didn't slap me first, if Karen didn't, right? Because it'd be like, well, in the same way, faith in Jesus is is a close relationship that God really wants you and has a heart for you to be sure of, and we can be sure of. Uh, John also wrote this. He said, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. So if that's the case, if you can know you have a relationship with God, you can know that you have life eternal, um, what's this faith, what's this confidence that we, that we have in this relationship with God and eternal life, what's it based on? How, how can we be so sure? What is that based on? When you think for a second of a, of a tripod like this one, which has three legs for stability. It needs three legs and it makes it the most stable uh, as possible. And if you were to take one of those legs out, you have an issue. Like if I just reduce this one, it's it's just going to fall over. It needs the three legs together to be stable, to stand up and to be secure. This is a little bit like faith. That There are three legs, three things that together are the legs which make it secure and stable. And I want to talk a little bit about those today. First one is the Word of God. Um, faith's actually based on facts. It's not based on, on the, these feelings, because feelings can go up and down, and one day you feel this way, so you have stronger faith, and another. It's not, it doesn't need to be based on that. Facts actually remain constant. Uh, If I was to ask you, um, or if you were to ask me, how do I know that I'm married? Uh, One of the places that I could point is a a marriage certificate like this one. This isn't ours, but um, this is an example. This is more the decorative one. But then there's also the the booklet, the the church records, the certificate of marriage that says, this is the legal document that says um, that Luke and Karen are married. Um, that's a document that I can point to to say I'm married, that we're married. Um, there is, how, how do we know then that we are a Christian? Well, there's also a document that we can point to, and it's the Bible. I can point to this as uh, uh, to, to point to the fact that our knowledge of God is based on promises. And the promises of God are recorded here. This is where we find them. St. Paul says it this way, Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. Uh, Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. Maybe you've experienced this at some point in your life. Maybe uh, at, at one point you were reading the Bible and you were lacking faith, but it gave you, God's word gave you a greater trust in Jesus. Uh, maybe that's your common experience. Maybe right now you have such great faith and trust in God um, and you're so engaged in his word because you know that's where it's grounded. Um, if that's the case, I encourage you to stick with it. That's a great place to be. But this is, this is a pillar. This is essential and essential of the faith. The Bible is the way we interact with God. Uh, I want to use an example of, of how this uh, plays out in practice. If you take um, this promise, for example, there's a verse towards the end of the Bible where Jesus says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So that's a, a verse from the Bible, a record of what Jesus said in the book of Revelation. Um, this verse was illustrated by a guy by the name of Holman Hunt, Pre-Raphaelite artist, uh, with a painting, hangs in uh, St Paul's Cathedral, and it's called the Light of the World. So it's where Jesus. It's on the screen. Jesus, the Light of the World, uh, is he stands at this this door. It's overgrown with weeds and with with ivy, and. Uh, he stands there and the door represents the, the door of someone's life. And Jesus is standing there in the, in the painting. He's knocking, awaiting a response. And it, and it symbolises that he, he wants to come in. He wants to be part of their life, uh, to eat with them, a sign of friendship. Um, eating is a sign of friendship. Um, Jesus wants to come in to anyone who will open their lives with him, is what this painting represents. Now, apparently someone said to Holman Hunt, who painted this, um, Oh, you've made a mistake. You forgot to paint a handle on the door. Um, Now, I just installed a door in our house. It's actually kind of important that you put a handle on, otherwise there's no way to pull it if it goes that way. Uh, So he forgot to paint the handle. But Holman Hunt said, no, 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 it's not a mistake. Uh, That's deliberate. There's a handle, but it's on the inside of the door. In other words, we have to open the door. Not Jesus. Jesus is not going to force his way in. We have the, cho- the choice to let him be part of our lives or not. And that's what this painting symbolizes and what this scripture says. The thing about this, this verse is that it's a promise recorded in the Bible uh, for it, that for anyone who opens the door, Jesus says, What? I might come in. I'll think about it if you open the door. Oh, I'll just check some messages. No, no, no. He says, anyone who opens the door, I will come in. It's a promise. I will come in. Not just now, but for eternity. So this is an example of that first leg of the tripod of faith, the word of God. It's the promises that God keeps that we can point back to written down. The second leg is the work of Jesus. So, um... I mentioned that uh, I know I'm married because I can point to uh, a certificate, a record, a document of being married, um, but I can also point to a, an event at a place. 1st of September, 2013, uh, Camp Buck, North Carolina. There's was also 22nd of September as the follow-up celebration in Australia, and then 22nd of October, where we had to sign the legal, but I won't talk about that in case the, um, the, the um, you know, immigration people come after me. Um, Just edit that out of the recording. Um, But I can point to a a time and a place, an event that happened uh, where before friends and family, we were married, plenty of photos, video recording of it, all all the works. Um, How do I know then that I'm a Christian? Well, I can point, and we can point, to an event, a time in history, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, So many people that we know would say, you know, I'm not a Christian, I couldn't be a Christian because I do all sorts of stuff that's against that. You know, I would have to really get my life cleaned up and and act in a different way if I was to become a Christian. Uh, I've got stuff I need to deal with. But it's not about that. Uh, It's actually come as you are. Sometimes it's, it's, it's us Christians who have the hardest time accepting this because we might feel like we've earned something. We might feel like we've done something to earn this, and yet it's actually all a gift. Amen? It's actually all a gift. Forgiveness, like I talked about last week, it's all a gift. Paul wrote that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's the free gift. Now, I don't know what you feel when you hear that expression, free gift. I know I get suspicious. Someone says, I've got something, a free gift for you. you know, What's the catch here? Another example of this was uh, we, last year on Halloween. That's a day that has a lot of some, some real negativity around it for a whole bunch of reasons. And a few of us wanted to do something positive instead. Um, on that particular day. And so we baked some cookies, we bought these little keychain lights and wrote a, a thing on them with like a verse and a, about Jesus being the light of the world or something like that, a few different things. Not as any kind of like, and we want you to come to church on Sunday and, and please, you know, just as a gift to to hopefully bless people. And we took them around to neighbours in this area, um, knocked on doors. Some people were really appreciative because they were like, oh, everybody else is coming to me asking for trick or treat and asking for chocolate. Um, how nice that I, you're giving me something instead. Other people were like, what's the catch? What have you poisoned the cookies with? Uh, I, I don't understand. Why are you are doing this? Uh, because in this day and age so often there's no such thing as a free gift and so we get suspicious maybe you've invited a friend to church uh, and they've been suspicious about what you'll try and root them into um, or, or you, you you think that will be the case um, maybe you've i don't know maybe if there's somebody visiting here today or you've been coming maybe for three or four months you're, you're still trying to work out you know what is it that they're trying to... Ah, they have gaps in their clean-up roster. I knew there was something. We do have gaps in the cleanup roster, by the way. But, um, but there really is no catch with Jesus. The offer of abundant life and forgiveness is actually a free gift. Um, now, how can that be the case? Well, it's the case because it just wasn't cheap. It cost Jesus his life. Jesus died for you and He died for me, so we could be forgiven, so we could receive eternal life. And now we receive this this gift. We can receive this gift through repentance and faith. Is what uh, uh, the the two words. Repentance just means uh, changing our mind. It just it's it's not about you know oh turn away and repent because you're it's it's about changing the way we think and turning away the other direction from the stuff we realize is no good for us anyway. And faith is simply putting our trust in Jesus, turning away from one thing and trusting in another. Um, Here's a a testimony of um, someone who uh, became a follower of Jesus, placed their trust in Jesus as part of this community. I always remember coming to church. You
1: know, I really only did it to 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 give Ebony a good upbringing. Uh, I wanted her to have a, a bit of a Christian upbringing. And um, I'll never forget when I first started coming to your, you know, to your sermons on a Sunday, I almost felt like you were directly talking to me. If I could give the right words, it was almost like God was knocking on my heart every Sunday. Um, and it wasn't until that point that I realized that I really have been lost over those past years. I remember Heron and I were teaching a class, a conga class, a fitness class, and uh, she was up on stage and we were doing it. Everything was all happy days. And I was traveling to Thailand you know, in a day or two's time. And I kept getting this really uneasy feeling about it. I, don't, I still feel I can't put my finger on it. And uh, I remember zoning out of this class, thinking to myself, something's not right. Something's not right. What's not right? And I walked outside. And, and, and uh, during the middle of the class, walked outside. And it almost felt like I was going to throw up. Something just wasn't right. And, and, and I looked up, up to the sky and I said, oh, God, what? what what is it? What are you not telling me? Is the plane going to crash? Is there something wrong? Um, and I, I realised at that point that it probably wasn't that I wasn't meant to go. It was probably the point where God was telling me you know, to listen to me and have, and have faith in me. Um, and I'll never forget that very, very moment of walking outside. It was almost like I had a complete feeling of, 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 of relief. When I asked God, I, put, I quietly closed my eyes and said, "You know, what, what, why? What's what's the going? What what is it?" And I remember having this this complete feeling of like of relief and, and trust and faith. Really brought us closer for sure. Um, Ebony is just um, you know, growing every day. You know, to really walk like you know, to really walk with Jesus, and uh, you know, and I think it's really our my responsibility, and Erin's responsibility, to bring her up. You know. And, and I always think about, you know, the, the, probably the two main commandments that, are, that I believe that's really close to me is love God and love everyone else, as we call it at home. Mm-hmm. And so I really try and talk to her and educate her about not only loving God but loving everyone else. And she mm-hmm. says to me, but Daddy, even baddies? I say, of course we are. we are. I remember sitting with you, you know, to some, with some frustration to some, some degree saying, um, I just wish everyone else could feel like me. I just wish everyone else could see what's happening. You know, like uh, family say, oh, it's a coincidence, a coincidence here, it's a coincidence there, it's good. But it's not, you know, it's, it, it, it wasn't a coincidence. So, yeah, I remember that conversation. Uh, and still to today, I wish and, and pray and, and hope that everyone else can find Jesus mm-hmm. and find, and, and find you know, the way like, like, like we have as, as a family.
0: more than three years ago we recorded that and um, it's great to see Phil still walking with the Lord today and how the fruit of the Spirit's um, really in his life. Faith uh, is trust. Um, in fact, we're all exercising faith right now because you're sitting on a chair and you're trusting that the manufacturer um, built it uh, in, in the right way, that you wouldn't sit on it and it, w- and it would collapse. Um, faith is is Trust. Um, atheism is faith as well. It's, a, it's, it's trusting an experience that says to you that there is no God. Um, Christianity, on the other hand, is simply trusting a person and what he has done. That person is Jesus. Um, and is very much that's the second leg of the tripod that, that makes secure and firm our faith. The third uh, leg of the tripod uh, is what we'll call the witness of the Holy Spirit, um, now, and I'll explain that in a minute, um, I, again, can, can know that I'm married because of the marriage certificate, um, because uh, of that document that I can point to, of the event I can point to in um, September 2013, but then I can also point to uh, six and a half years now of marriage, uh, the experience of being married to Karen. Um, so it's not just an event that happened back then and a document that was signed, but, um, but the life experience ever since then. Uh, if you ask me uh, this in the same way how I know that I'm a Christian, uh, again, there's this Word of God, a document. There's the life, death and resurrection of, of Jesus. But then there's the actual relationship, isn't there? There's the experience. Um, and that comes from the Holy Spirit, We're going to spend some time a little bit closer to Easter on who the Holy Spirit is and what he does because he's so often misunderstood. Um, But for now, um, uh, the Bible describes the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God like the wind. Now, let me ask you a question. Uh, There's not much wind today, I don't think, but can you see the wind? No, you can't see the wind. But... You know it exists because of the effects it has, right? Because the trees are blowing, uh, because your hat blows off. You know that the wind exists, but you can't see it. Um, when, when I uh, placed my trust in Jesus back in 2003, I thought maybe and I sort of hoped there would be some dramatic effect, like a whoosh of a rushing wind at Pentecost, and all of a sudden I'd feel different and everything would be brighter. It didn't happen like that. Some people have... Some kind of experience like that. It it is similar. It is like that. But for me, it was a slower change. If you like, the wind blew more gently. Uh, And I began to feel God. began slowly to feel that the Holy Spirit was with me, was dwelling inside of me, was near to me. Paul says uh, that the fruit of the Spirit... This is the things that start to change when the, the Spirit comes to live within us. The evidence you can see in the life of someone uh, like Phil who we just watched of where, where there's change in life, like those of us who have been walking with Jesus, the fruit, the, the, the effect of the Spirit of God in our life is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, goodness, uh, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Um, being a Christian, it, of course, it, it doesn't make me, it doesn't make you any better than someone else. Uh, But it is meant to make us better than we were before. That's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Um, For me, in my teenage years, I was beginning to develop an incredible temper. Um, I uh, I had a really short fuse when I was uh, towards the end of high school. And um, some of you would probably say, and nothing's changed, Luke. Um, if, you, if you know me well enough, that you've probably had the experience of that short fuse that I sometimes have. But, um, and sometimes it hasn't changed, and I revert back. But over time, as I've opened the door to allow Jesus by His Spirit to come into my life, it actually has changed. Um, I'm not in the same place as I was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, And by God's grace, in 10 years' time, it will have changed even more. Um, Maybe at some point, it will be almost non-existent. Um, Some things that, that need to change in my life, I'm only just realizing it's like one thing kind of slowly gets dealt with and another one rises to the surface. It's like the layers of the onion, like Shrek talked about, right? It's there's there's things that the Holy Spirit changes in us slowly over time. We see the fruit of God's Spirit in our life. Paul writes about this this way. He says, The Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. He testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. That There begins to be a shift from just, okay, I'm taking a step of faith, which is a good thing, but it's a shift from that to knowledge, first-hand knowledge, true knowledge of a relationship, a shift because when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, what actually happens is it's like God's love isn't just something we've heard about, but it's poured out into our hearts. It's poured out into our hearts. One of the things we say about the Holy Spirit when we, we get there in a couple of weeks' time is that the best definition of the Holy Spirit is love. The love of God is poured out into our lives, into our hearts. We haven't just heard about it, we've experienced it. Um, last story for today, I promise. I, I, I have two boys, Micah and Josiah, um, if you didn't know, who are three and a half and just over one year old. And sometimes poor old Josiah just gets beaten up a bit uh, He's either knocked over or donked on the head or stepped on, whatever, you name it, because Mike is just a bit too go, go, go. And when that happens, Josiah, he just, Josiah gets really upset. It went, and what he really wants, though, when he's hurt or something's happened, is that he just wants to be hugged. He just wants to feel the closeness. I've got a photo uh, that we'll put up on the screen. Um, He just wants that. This one, I think he was actually happy. So sometimes also when he's happy, he just wants to be hugged. hugged. He just wants to feel close, to hold him close. Micah also has some moments, and so um, there's one of him wanting to be hugged. (laughs) Um, uh, Sometimes uh, Josiah knocks him back, and that doesn't go so well. But this to me is a picture of what God wants to do for us. He wants to pick us up and hold us close, embrace us. It's what the Holy Spirit does for us. Gives us the experience of of God's love and and embrace. He testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And that's what it is to be a Christian. That's to to have the spirit of God living inside of you, living in you. Uh, so that you're in a relationship with God. Uh, many of you know, most of you maybe may know exactly what I'm talking about. You're, you're grateful for this every day. You wake up and there's a, there's a gratefulness in your time in prayer. God, I'm so grateful that you're close. You embrace me. You hug me. You pull me in close, especially when I, I really need that because of the way I'm feeling. Um, others of you may have experienced it at some point in your life, but now you've kind of subconsciously and not by any... Uh, uh, desire of your own but you've just kind of pushed the door shut again and so that 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 closeness that embrace you don't feel as much Um, some of you may have never even tried the handle before though that you 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 hear the knocking but you're like i don't don't know what's behind here haven't heard that promise that jesus who is good will come into your life i want you to take a moment Uh, if you like you can close your eyes And just picture Jesus standing at the door that represents the door to your life, the door to your heart. Picture Jesus standing at the door to your life and he's knocking. He's promising that if you open the door with repentance, turning around, and faith, trusting in him, he'll come in. Uh, And you'll experience true love, you'll experience... A complete embrace. What I want to do is just pray a really simple prayer that uh, we can all echo in our heart today. Especially if if you uh, you want to invite, you want to welcome Jesus in through that door um, again or for the first time. This is just a simple prayer, which is actually really straightforward. Simple. It's it's sorry, thanks, and please. It's. A simple prayer saying sorry for the past, the stuff that you've messed up. It's a prayer thanking Jesus for what he's done on the cross for you. And then it's inviting him to come into your life by his spirit. As you imagine Jesus standing at that door, knocking, saying that he wants to come in. If you'd like to pray this with me, uh, I'm just going to pray. And all I'd ask you to do is just to echo this prayer in your heart and in your mind. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much. I now turn away from all of the bad stuff in my life. I'm sorry for it. As we pray, if there's anything in particular you need to ask forgiveness for, to say sorry for, now's the time to do that, just between you and God. And pray, Jesus, thank you that you died so that I could be forgiven. I put my trust in you and what you did on that cross. And now I open the door of my heart. I invite you, Jesus, to come into my life. Whether for the first time or the hundredth time. To come into my life by your spirit and be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.